What's up, everyone? Welcome to Good Nature, a show about good people dealing with challenges and adversity like disability and chronic conditions while still doing plenty of good along the way. If you don't know, my name's Tony. I'm a digital media professional person, and my challenge in adversity is a chronic muscle disease called LGMD2I, which I deal with every day. Today, I'm talking with Nicole Evans, who is an actor that you can currently catch Thursdays on NBC Superstore, as well as past shows like Good Trouble on Freeform. But long before her network TV roles, she worked with me at a YouTube studio in Culver City. Whether she knows it or not, Nicole was a big influence on me on how to navigate having a chronic condition in the workplace and not let it slow you down from reaching your goals. Here's Nicole. So welcome, Nicole. Um, A little background for everyone. We worked together at an online video network that was owned by basically one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world. And I don't know if you remember this, but when I first joined that team with you, my my first memories of you, you were doing a presentation to the entire company about oh what what at the time was an extremely famous uh, internet hamster. <laughs> oh, I barely remember that, honestly. I barely remember it. But yes, I do recall. Yeah, fortunately for us, the weirder the thing, the, usually the better I remember it. But fast forward to now, it's my understanding you're not working with as many famous internet rodents. So I guess to start it out, can you tell everyone a little bit more about your path? And I guess that should include the condition you were born with and kind of how you navigate that. Yeah, sure. So um, I have osteogenesis imperfecta, which is a brittle bone disorder. Uh, I use a wheelchair to get around. I can walk, but you know, wheelchairs just make it easier since, (laughs) you know, things stores are bigger I have to go farther faster you know what I mean so wheelchair I I mostly roll in the wheelchair um so yeah let's go back to us working together you used to be my manager Tony remember that's true I'm actually I'm I'm waiting on my 15 percent if we want to make it manager in that sense (laughs) yeah you know it was so fun working with you I miss working with you man and I know we'll work together again for sure Uh, so uh from from our time working together, I kind of took on a, an, another cubicle job shortly after that. And honestly, I just realized that the cubicle job lifestyle wasn't for me personally because right. I'm also an actor. And it was uh, it was jamming up my schedule too much, man. And like being an actor is like a definite lifestyle choice. You know, you have to have your flexibility, but you also have to, you know, pay your bills. So. Uh, I decided, I just kind of drew a line in my in the sand, you know, if I'm going to go after this acting, I'm going to do it full tilt. So I stopped the cubicle job lifestyle and <laughs> I took on a whole litany of other random jobs, you know, babysitting, working part-time at a grocery store, cleaning, this and that, and, you know, just anything that would pay well and free up my schedule so I could go after acting and nothing would pull my focus and I'm so glad I did that because it really freed me up and things just kind of started to happen for me at that point. So you obviously grew up adjacent to LA, Simi Valley, correct? Yeah, yeah. Is that LA County? No, it's Ventura County. Okay, sweet. I I love Ventura. But so basically you grew up adjacent to the film and TV industry and you also have this unique challenge that you were born with. Was it a combination of those factors? Was it one more than the other? Was it sort of you wanted to get into acting because of the lack of kind of representation that you saw and seeing a need for that? What kind of gave you the catalyst to be like, okay, this is what I want to do? 
Well, honestly, I've always, you know, let's, let's go back to, you know, Nikki's childhood here, okay? So <laughs> I, I've always been involved in school plays. I always love to entertain people, dress up, you know. I grew up, um, my family, my parents are very creative people, and they always encouraged my brother and I to be creative as well, and they really respect the arts, so it just kind of was always something that was in my world, as being an actor in some sort of play or whatever, so um, as I grew up, uh, and at that point, I didn't have the language or understanding of, you know, that there was a lack of disability representation, mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't know, I was too young at that point, and So, you know, when it came time, you know, to go to college, for some reason, I had it in my brain that I had to be like an engineer or a scientist or something. So I enrolled (laughs) in all of these math and science classes on my first day of college. And I came home super upset because I was I was like, this is so, you know, this is not fun for me. And my mom was so sweet she was like what are you doing Nicole you are a creative person why don't you go study theater or art classes and at that point I uh I didn't realize that's something you could do yeah (laughs) so you know from that point forward I was like enrolling in all the classes I became involved in the theater at school in college and it just kind of as they say that with the rest is history I pursued my education in theater and performing and uh it just kind of with my whole life has been a natural progression to pursuing acting so and it wasn't until the past couple of years that I really started to get some cool work um and now as you know I'm in the industry as a person with disability I I'm a part of the movement of inclusion of people with disabilities and it's awesome and I can just see how much it's needed because people with disabilities represent about a quarter of the population that's huge and uh, we need to see that on the screen and uh, I look back on my childhood and I realized that I never saw people with disabilities represented I mean to you know I just it, it wasn't in any of the media that I was consuming and now as an adult I'm just happy to be a part of that change and hoping that there's kids out there seeing themselves represented on the screen so with with Superstore specifically it seems like you landed that role had to be really exciting and then it seemed like the pandemic hit right after that oh man yeah I I, uh, shot my first episode of Superstore a couple weeks before the pandemic hit and everything went on lockdown and the the industry totally shut down. And I just got to say, you know, it, it was so exciting landing that job on Superstore and they are just comedy masters and yeah. it's so much fun working with them. Uh, so when the production hit, I was definitely bummed that I wouldn't be going back sooner to film, but honestly, I knew eventually production would hit up, uh, start up again. But I was more concerned with my health and my family's health and safety and yeah. everyone's health and safety. So uh, that just, you know, we, we, we all know that story. We all, we're all going through it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's really just kind of like rolling with more punches in a way, which obviously you're very used to. i am gotten pretty used to it myself. Um, I don't know if you remember... Right after I left the company we were working at together, I started working, it's kind of confusing, but I started working across the street at the old office you used to have to work out of. 
the one with the stairs? Yes, that's what I'm getting to. So <laughs> we both had to deal with climbing <laughs> two flights of stairs, essentially, to do a job that was pretty much required us to be on laptops and have ideas. And there was certainly a lot of fun stuff about it. But long story short, like we probably didn't need to put our bodies through that um, yeah. every day. Um, so nowadays, and this is more prior to the pandemic, I've kind of learned like for interviews, meetings, potential jobs and stuff to kind of, I guess they call it case the joint uh, mm-hmm. to see what, like how challenge is, is it going to be to get to the place? You know, like what's parking like? Are there stairs, etc.? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you, have you gathered some pretty good tips for staying ahead of problems, so to speak, when it comes to accessibility at this point? Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point in my life, I'm just, I just ask straight up. Um, I've, I've definitely, you know, when I was working office jobs, I remember doing Google image searches yeah. of, <laughs> of the building to see if there was ramp access, what the parking was like, um, you know, and, you know, I think back that's such a interesting time in my life because I you know when you need a job you need a job and exactly I I remember being very concerned that they wouldn't hire me because I you know was a person with a disability and I needed access into the building which is you know so ridiculous to have that problem but that is very that is something people with disabilities very much face on a daily basis and I remember turning down interviews because I couldn't get into the building. I mean, (laughs) there was no other choice. Yeah. No, I've certainly been there. And it's kind of, it's kind of been nice in a weird way. Like there's been very little nice about the pandemic, (laughs) but but it has been kind of nice to have people have a better understanding, I think, of like what we can accomplish when those factors against us are kind of stripped away, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this, you know, pandemic has shown that people can work from home and it makes more sense and it really opened up a a whole new opportunity for people with disabilities for employment. So I hope we take this as a lesson moving forward. You can make things more accessible. So I talked to you a little bit about this on on another project, but you said you kind of a, a personal mantra of saying yes whenever possible. Um, so my question is, how do you balance that with like, obviously like self-care is like a a big topic of discussion out there and kind of more necessary than it's ever been. How do you balance just saying yes and like challenging yourself, pushing yourself and also being like, whoa, I need to know when to chill and and when to kind of just take care of my own. Sure. I mean, saying yes, I mean, obviously use your brain, health and safety always come first. But when I say like to say yes to things, it's really more like about saying yes to things that make your ego nervous, like podcasting, taking that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, doing any new project, taking that leap of faith, uh, uh, writing that scary email, making that that scary phone call that you've been wanting to make or taking that class or or putting yourself up um for a project or raising your hand using your voice you know say yes to those opportunities because the universe really is constantly rearranging your itself to bring you what you want and it sometimes it comes in a form of saying yes to this thing first which leads to the next cool opportunity which helps you know advance Mm -hmm. you to where you want to go so, uh, 
and, and this is something I'm constantly working on too, but, you know, saying yes has really helped me, uh, get involved with some pretty awesome projects, meeting cool people, uh, go for it. <laughs> what do you wish people in general, and I guess like people maybe in like positions to empower people with disabilities, what do you wish they just understood better? You know, I want the world to know that people with disabilities are super creative, we're innately problem solvers. I mean, this is a pre-pandemic example, but if you ask me to lunch, you know, I'm automatically thinking 10 steps ahead of the situation. Yeah. Is there parking? Is there a ramp? Where am I going to park my car if I don't have the car that day? Is there transportation for me? You know what I mean? How am I going to get home? Where am I going to park my car? You know, so um, people with disabilities... Uh, are constantly thinking outside of the box. And if you want a fresh perspective, a unique approach, hire someone with a disability because uh, we'll show you how to do something uh, faster, cheaper, easier. <laughs> and uh, we'll get we'll get a project done for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, we stress about such unique things that most people don't even really have to think about. You know, good for them, but like... It kind of makes the doing of the job, whether it's playing a role in front of a camera or, you know, like creative writing, whatever it is, kind of makes that part of it a little easier for sure. Absolutely. You know what, Tony? I want to go back and talk about that building that you worked out with the stairs that I worked out before you did. That was actually my first job right out of college. And I needed that job so bad. Yeah. And as we talked about before, um, I'm mostly a wheelchair user. I can walk and I can go up the stairs, but yeah. it's harder for me. And that particular building didn't have a elevator, but the company that I worked at uh, was upstairs at the top level. And I, <laughs> I forced myself to, you know find a way to do it, get up that stairs, get a better cane, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that was really challenging, because I, at that time, I didn't walk amazing, I'm walking better now than I was at that time, but, you know, it's just, looking back, I'm like, oh man, like, I can't believe I did that, Yeah, and I know it still happens, it, that was just my experience right into the workforce straight out of college. Yeah, it's so silly, especially in a a city like LA where most buildings are so new, it is really silly to look back and be like, yeah, that place didn't have an elevator. That seems really problematic. But, you know, same situation. I, I was given the opportunity. This was with a different company working out of that building. It was just like, well, you know, we know it was same. Like I used a cane and everything and, and certainly had like visible struggles at that point. Mm -hmm. And I was given the option, like, can you do it? And of course, you're going to say yes. Like yeah. now I... <laughs> And now I'd probably advocate for myself a little more where it's like, well, no, I don't have to because I can do this work from literally anywhere. Um, but at the time, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. So in wrapping things up, this has obviously been awesome, Nicole. What are you excited about for 2021? And that could be in your career, life, the world. Uh, let's just end on a positive note, you know? excited for 2021 um i feel like the new year is a official mental marker for new beginnings a change of habits uh, a clean slate so it's my hope that um the world finds some balance um that we have a new fresh perspective and 
and we can really make some positive changes so um, we can be living in a better place. Definitely. I don't think that's too much to ask. Well, Nicole, <laughs> it's always a pleasure, and I hope it's not uh, four more years before we get to hang out again. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I miss you, Tony. I miss working with you. Hell yeah. Thanks, Nicole. So thanks for listening. And if you dug this episode, feel free to subscribe, like, and come back for more. If you don't already watch Superstore on NBC, it's hilarious, and it's great to see a friend like Nicole on there delivering some extremely solid zingers. See you next time, and until then, stay good.